All right, so I think I finally have killed the Jersey Devil. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell you about this, but I've no. been stalking it. It's been stalking me. This has been going on for months. Okay. Ever since we talked to Joe Fallon about it. And uh, it's well, you been told me it just flew in front of your car that day. Oh, yeah. And then it turned into a whole supernatural, like, <laughs> murder mystery thing. Okay. So, I, yeah. But it all came to a head when I was coming home from your house the other night. Okay. Yeah. I was on the highway. I'm getting onto another highway. I'm on the exit ramp. And uh, lo and behold, a winged beast flies down in front of my car. Mm. And uh, I just I hit it with my bumper. Huh. And I believe it's finally dead. Really? Yeah. After a long, it's been a long fucking chess game between <laughs> me and and Jer the Jersey Devil, and now it's uh, checkmate, dude. Checkmate, dude. Yeah. All it's, right. Uh, it's done. Really? It's done. I can rest easy now. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Hmm? I mean, I didn't see anything on the news, so <laughs> I would assume I mean, it maybe, is the Jersey Devil. Well, maybe it crawled back into its into the bushes and is recuperating, and this is just going to continue. No, I just mean that makes it a good chance that it was a Jersey Devil. That there was nothing on the news? Because if there was any other winged creature, yeah, <laughs> he just plowed through, yeah. then it might have popped up. Well, let's recap here. All right, so I'm like getting on onto Route 2. I'm slowing down. I'm on the exit ramp. And uh, well, actually, first I saw a field mouse. Okay. There was a field mouse crossing the, the street. And then it was like, it's strange because I don't think that Jersey Devils eat the way that like birds of prey eat, but this thing was clearly going after the field mouse and not, I hit an owl. <laughs> I killed an owl. Yeah. It's not as funny as I want it to be. I just can't tell if you're screwing with me or Matt, we had just been talking about owls at when? your house. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. we heard that thing in the woods. Yeah. We were talking about owls. Yep. And I was saying, I love owls, but yeah. they're so fucking dumb. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they dive in front of my car all the time, dude. It's very yeah. hard to avoid them. Yeah. yeah. So this owl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's straight. There was no, like, blood on my bumper or anything. Like, no, I, it didn't, like, crack my headlight or anything. Yeah. But there was nothing I could do. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't want to hit an owl. No. But there was a field mouse crossing the road. Yeah. As oh, I was yeah. on this exit ramp, I wasn't going that fast. I was probably going 30, 35. Yeah. And yeah, lo and behold, this yeah. <laughs> owl just swoops down, getting ready to catch this mouse. Yeah. And I saved the mouse's life. Yeah. Yep. Damn. So you're a hero in that way. Well, if it was between the owl and the mouse, I would have picked the mouse. Mm. But yeah. what was I going to do? Swerve? Do yeah, well, you can't with an owl. That's like, I've yeah. never actually contacted one fingers crossed but they um <laughs> but they have swept and like they've gone down in front of my car a lot and it's always that like gripping like oh my god because i can't like stop short yeah and i can't swerve because yeah. it's a bird uh-huh and sure as hell can't speed up so you just you're stuck it's all on the owls in the owls control at mm -hmm. that point and they don't give a shit apparently so it's really yeah yeah you know what this wouldn't have happened with what is a crow yeah, yeah, absolutely. Never would have happened with a crow. Smart birds. Now, owls are definitely killers. Yeah. And they're vicious killers. Yeah. And they look weird, and I love them. Yeah. But uh, they're so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we were talking about how dumb they were. Yeah, exactly. It really backs up my whole simulation theory. 
Yeah, we were talking about that too. Yeah. So it all <laughs> ties in. Yeah, we were talking about <laughs> what do they call premonitions yep. and how like maybe you make your own reality just by thinking of something idly. Yeah. The other day, okay, I went I went into Newberry Comics to buy the new Jose Gonzalez CD. Did you mm. know that CDs aren't a thing anymore? Really? I mean, that barely. Ugh. Like you just can't get them? Remember how Newberry Comics used to be mostly CDs? Oh, yeah. And then it was mostly weird books for teenagers. Yeah. And now it's mostly vinyl. We're going back in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly vinyl now. Luckily, yeah. they had the new Jose Gonzalez CD in miscellaneous G. Huh. It's a new record. He's a popular artist. And Miscellaneous G is where I find this 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 album. Yeah, good rap name. Because <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then they would always have their own title card. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's popular as hell. <laughs> but luckily, since it's in Miscellaneous G, right next to it was Dizzy Up the Girl by Goo Goo Dolls. Mm. Love that album. Bought it. So I didn't put it immediately into my CD player, but because I had just bought it, I just had this Goo Goo Dolls. So I had slide in my head for yep. the ride from the mall to the grocery store. I get to the grocery store. What's playing on the speaker outside? Slide. Yeah. This is not the first time something like this has happened to me. We had this whole conversation about premonitions the other night. Yeah. But it's like that happens. We're talking about owls. I kill an owl. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so funny when you put it that directly. Like, if you told a philosopher, like, I know it's legit. Here's why. I would talk about how I fucking killed one. Case closed. Out of context, it's just such a different thing. Yeah, well, it's just weird. Like, sometimes it feels like you're making your own reality. Out of your subconscious thoughts. Yeah. I'm not convinced that I'm not dreaming. No, that scares me sometimes. Like, <laughs> with, with, uh, <laughs> it's it's hard with, um, like, if you have any level of, like, anxiety or something, it's it's hard to also have that belief and live a peaceful life. Because yeah. I'll have an anxious thought or, you know, some kind of fate that I don't want to experience and then... Mm -hmm be like, well, what if that happened? Like, so I'll try to not think about it. And it's a thought suppression thing. And then you end up thinking about it 10 times as much. And it's, it's a living hell. Yeah. Uh -huh. I do love the simulation argument though. Cause it's one of those, I don't know that it's its own philosophical track yet, but like, mm. it's one of those concepts at least that sounds so objectively insane until you dig a couple inches lower. And then you realize like, oh shit. Like at the very least, it's really hard to disprove. Yeah. And that's, it's cool. Like, I love that. Yeah. It's so mind bending. I don't think it changes anything for me. Like, because I've been kind of in a bit of a depression lately, I keep saying to myself, I want out of the simulation. Mm. But so I, I, you know, it's exactly what I was saying when we talked about that with, with Ryan. Yep. It's like, if I were unhappy, I would want to exit the simulation. If I wanted a change of environment. Yeah. Or like a change in the responsibilities that I have or a change in the ethos that I'm a part of, then yeah, red pill all the way. Yeah. And at the time that this was posed to me, I was just like, nah, I'm happy. I'm good. Mm. And now I'm just like, well, but, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of my needs aren't being taken care of right now. So would I be better off in an alternate reality mm. where maybe they would be, or maybe I would feel the 
ability to meet those needs myself better than mm. I do now. Yeah, I never thought about how situationally different that could be. Like if we had had that conversation now. I don't remember what I said then, but I do feel like it might be a little different now, just based on the headspace. All right, so let me put this to you. I've been trying to kind of sort this out in my head, like what is missing? Yep. And we were talking the other night around the fire that I don't know if you feel exactly the same way, but I feel like I have nothing to contribute to. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. And it sort of makes sense because I started feeling that like this like immediately after we wrapped the Grand Honey record. Yep. And I wasn't like flying high, like all about that process at all, but like... You know, there were things that I had wanted to do differently and it wasn't like a passion project. Yeah. You know? But it was still, I got to contribute my efforts to this one thing. Yeah. And that felt good. I don't even know want to say that it felt good, but like it felt natural. It yeah. felt like, yes, this is the thing to do. This is serving something. Yeah. The thought I keep coming back to is I don't feel that I am in the service of anything and I don't feel that any projects that I'm working on currently are going to have an inlet, are going to be contributing to something greater, yeah. are going to be a part of an institution or a part of a, I guess institution is a fine word, mm. but we were talking the other night about institutional support and mm. mentorship and we talked a little bit about mentorship in our in our other episode that we taped but yeah <laughs> it's this very artist mentality where like either i'm gonna be the thing that's happening or i'm gonna contribute to the thing that's happening yeah definitely you know and i think that right now i am feeling a lack of the energy to be the thing that's happening and so i want institutional support because that would imply that i am a part of an institution mm -hmm. and that someone has my back and someone is cheering me on and there are at least guidelines or a purpose that kind of has a trajectory to it. Yeah. And I think I'm just, I'm lacking the guidelines right now. I'm lacking the roadmap. I'm mapping the, I'm lacking the, um, like the necessary footprints to follow. Yeah. To get to where I want to go because I don't even really know where I want to go. Yeah. And I think for the first time in a while, I'm feeling like my progress needs to be fostered. Yep. by something or someone else. Yeah. No, I've been right there with you on that one. That's something I've never really felt before either in a positive sense. Yeah. I've definitely felt like the, the desire to have a mentor, the desire to learn, but I've never, this part has never connected to that um, in, in such a meaningful way or like kind of a existentially damning way, I guess. Like, it, mm -hmm. it, yeah, it's never felt like it's like gummed up the works. Yeah as much as it has now. And uh, sometimes I wonder if it's as simple as just the novelty wearing off, the honeymoon period ending, or the realization that the thing that you always kind of knew was a marathon, not a sprint, is really a freaking marathon. Yeah. Like, it's. I mean, sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm just trying to make that sexier than it is. Yeah. Which I, I haven't been able to fully put out of my mind. But other times I'm like, I don't know. It just, it's just also new. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because there were so many things that I remember, you know, even just stuff we were talking about when we kind of started this, like just so many activities and new passions and just new trains of thought and authors and 
all these things that maybe we had time for suddenly or just were able to acknowledge or whatever. And it's just that realization that like they don't get you anywhere. They make the treading water phenomenal. Right. Yeah. But then at a certain point, you realize what you're doing and you have to decide if you're content treading water or capable of treading water forever or which probably very few people are, where you just kind of have to have that gut check moment. I don't know. There's so many things that can come out of it, and uh, I've been struggling with all of them. Mm -hmm. Weird. I've noticed it in a lot of people, too, which is I, not... It's kind of comforting, but yeah, not really. <laughs> Treading water is a really good way to put it because I think it is like an exhaustion. Mm -hmm. There's a lethargy. There's a, like, yeah. I can't keep this up much longer, yep. you know, in our like starting season two, there are a lot of topics that I'm really genuinely excited to explore. Yeah. The prospect of talking about mental health right now. Yeah. Is I'm already tired. Yeah. Cause the thing about therapy is it's fucking hard. Yep. If you're actually doing the work, if you're actually like putting in the effort to like retrain yourself how to think. Yeah. It's not easy let alone talking about it as if you're some kind of expert or as if you have like sagacious insight at all. Yep. I can't pretend to be in that position right now. Yeah. Like the pretending is exhausting and even talking about it genuinely is like venting at best for me right now. Yeah. And that's okay. That's fine. Like we're not here to profess that we have the answers. And so if all we do is vent, it's still an episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible that it's a good thing too, though, that like this is, if you frame it all as a growth thing, like a longer term, you know, more of an average growth thing as opposed to just the, uh, I'm going to learn these skills or get better at these things. Like this might be the next step that is there. It won't ever feel good, but I mean, it's like in a way, I mean, because we're not, like professional therapists or we're not um, mental health scholars or anything like that, we would logically hit a ceiling very early mm -hmm. where, you know, researching or just sort of intuiting our way to different healthy conclusions would run out of steam. And we would kind of either look for something else or just realize we need to <laughs> like go somewhere else mentally. Like, and it would extend beyond just what we're doing here, but just so many things in our lives. Like it just makes sense that that would happen because we'd have to either choose to be just fundamentally dishonest with ourselves. Yeah. Which would be <laughs> criminal or, you know, we'd have to move to the next thing. Yeah. And I think both of us have always kind of gone to this place a little bit when, mm -hmm. when that, changing of gears has happened where you, you sort of dwell in some of the philosophical or you dwell in some of the contemplative or just the refuel. It's like being an introvert. Like you just, you need to like let everything settle. Yeah. So some of that all feels very healthy to me. It's just short term day to day. It feels like crap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some of this is just introvert stuff. Some of this, like last year when the pandemic was like really hitting hard. Yep. Like I was at home with a house full of people every single day and yeah. not really having, we talked a lot about like alone time that doesn't feel like alone time. Yeah. So I was plagued by that for a while. And like, now I'm kind of like, not quite in the same boat, but just like, I haven't felt alone for yeah. some time. But yeah, I think maybe I'm not getting enough introvert time. Maybe I'm not getting enough socializing, you know, like it yeah. could be either or at this point, but 
I'm coming from a place of like everything that's happening around me has necessitated change and it's change that I don't know I can keep up with, but I'm trying. Yeah. I guess that's what ha- what's happening. Like things seem to be moving fast and yeah. I don't necessarily have the energy for self-care and I don't necessarily have the energy to like work on the projects that are mine. Yep. You know? That I mean, I think it's pretty valid though. And even the idea that it's alone time and or socialization, like I don't think those have to be mutually exclusive at this point. Like no. I think at a point they probably were. But now like I mean, just at least generally, like for, for most people, like the way things were a year ago, like mm-hmm. I think relatively they, they probably were because you had people that were not in a bubble and you had people that were pretty much in a bubble and it was like you had one or the other. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of like the quality of each one really matters. And it makes sense that that would kind of come to manifest itself in an energy way, because if you looked at it, like it was food or any other kind of physical nourishment, I mean, it would be like, now we have at least a reasonable amount of something again, but it's like, it's Cheetos or something, you know? So (laughs) it's like, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't feel nourished. You wouldn't feel good. You wouldn't have energy. And it's like, you've got it, but you don't have it. It's that I feel like there's a lot of half measures now, which necessitate decisions or sucking it up forever. Yeah. And neither of those are pleasant in their own right. So it's, um, it forces your hand in a very like uncomfortable way. And it requires a significant amount of energy and like, honestly, a good mood <laughs> to like <laughs> get your head around it in a productive way. Cause otherwise it can be really destructive. And yeah it's a difficult time to be alive. Well, it's interesting bringing up, like you said, alone time and socialization, not having to be mutually exclusive. I think what you meant was that it, the one doesn't have to be the cause and the other is not, but I like thinking about how those can sometimes be the same time. Yeah. You know, like (laughs) plenty of times I've been alone at night in this building, kind of just walking around and like, I'll make a phone call and, it's socializing that feels like alone time. Yeah. Because if I, if it's at night, I have a giant building to myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I can just sort of like walk around with somebody on the phone and maybe we're calling each other back every couple of minutes. If we have stuff to do, mm. we're like, we're going to be making noise with power tools or something. Yeah. But like, it does often feel like I'm accomplishing both of those things at once. Yeah. You know, cause alone time for me, it, this isn't like, what it is for everybody, but alone time for me can just be having a lot of open space with no people around. Yeah. But then like that said, like I'm going to be talking to myself anyway. So why not just talk to another person on the phone? Yeah. As long as there's no one around whose physical presence I don't have to reckon with. Yeah. Like that's sometimes enough. And sometimes I want to talk to absolutely no one. But it's interesting that those can kind of be the same thing yeah. from time to time. And one of the things that has been stressing me out recently is knowing that, like, if I close down the studio, I won't have, like, a big cavernous building to want to just, like, walk around when I'm bored or if I need space, you know? Like, yeah. I will basically be stuck in my apartment for more hours of the day than I want to be. Yeah. Um which isn't necessarily true because, like, I mean, it's tough because, you know, the libraries are open now again, yeah. but it doesn't feel like, like it did yeah. at one point. And, like, I don't know, where do, you, where do you go? Like, where it feels safe yeah. to be alone, you know? 
that's kind of what I meant more by them not being mutually exclusive is that you get, you symbolically got everything back in most cases, but you, it's not necessarily the parts that are actually giving you energy. And it's, sometimes I think there's a little bit more work to be done in those situations than there had been previously, even if it's just a matter of getting your head around it again. Like we had talked about at one point, like this whole thing was kind of the death of casual. Like there is no casual yeah. anymore um, for a lot of people. And I'm definitely finding myself more and more in that group. But like if I'm in a social situation or even in a place like a library, it takes me so much longer to relax if I ever can mm -hmm. than it ever used to. Cause I mean, I had like social anxiety before, but it's just remembering how to socialize on mass. It's just, it's a skill that's rusty. Mm -hmm. And cause it was a skill that I had to like deliberately sharpen before mm -hmm. and I haven't. So it's kind of like that takes a little bit more work and the length of time are a little shorter and they're not necessarily as fruitful or, you know, like you don't feel like you can just sprawl out in a lot of places and yeah, always worrying a little bit about like, shit, did I like, should I wash my hands or should I, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then when I'm alone, it just sometimes feels like it's letting all of the bad stuff rush back in. It's not this nice, like, well, I just had a very nice evening at a show or something and come back home and now I'm, I'm feel good to be sitting here alone. Like I can read a book or whatever I can eat something like, and then I can go to bed. Cause I, it's like, I trust the world. Yeah. So neither one is restorative, but I have both again in their way. And so that's, I've been finding that to be incredibly tiring. Cause it's like, what, where the hell do I go? And, uh, I just have been having all those like typical fantasies now about just like going on like those vacations, you know, like, the, yeah, like, yeah. like, have you seen office space? Uh huh. Like the Milton at the end of the movie kind oh, of yeah. like I just have that like oh, I could just <laughs> <laughs> it's like no I don't know I just I don't I don't do well with those either so I can tell it's it's not really a situational thing in that way it's something to do with the whole structure that everything is right now but mm -hmm. yeah it's it's very uh, it's hard to like even go beyond that then and be like creative or be positive about any of this because <laughs> it's like yeah. what the fuck I, I can't even meet my basic day-to-day -day emotional needs around this stuff. I like that you use the word restorative because I think that in particular is what I have been lacking. Mm. Um, I don't know that I've been having a lot of restorative time or been using any of the like mental health tools at my disposal to, I mean, it goes back to self-care. It goes back to like not having the energy for self-care. Mm. Um, but some of it is also circumstantial. Some of it is also like sometimes due to what my living situation is, there's just a lot of noise happening around me. Yeah. And then I can't feel alone. Yeah. Like even though, I, even if I'm in an empty apartment in the periphery of that apartment, yeah, there's a ton of footsteps and like power tools happening and whatever. Yeah. Like that just kind of eats it. I also process that kind of sensory information like, booming noises and everything like very differently than a lot of people do. So for me, like that is all just input, 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 input. I yeah. can't tune noise out. Yeah. And it's annoying as fuck. <laughs> and it prevents me from being able to feel alone. Yeah, yeah. You know, I also live within like a mile away from a uh, military training base. Oh. <laughs> and when they're on artillery day, man, it's... <laughs> It's an adventure. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what I hear is we're getting shelled. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fact that it's like, it was artillery day. It's like crash day. Like, oh, fuck, it's artillery day. Yeah, I wonder what they it. call it on their calendar. I don't know. I just know sometimes I wake up to, uh, we're getting shelled. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that would definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to not feel alone. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No, that'll that'll soften you up a little bit. Like it, it uh-huh. definitely like it. It's a tenderizing effect, I imagine, on the yeah. emotional state. Yeah. But I don't know. When I say like, okay, here's a good example. If I need to be alone, like I can go out into the woods and be alone. Yeah. You know, I know of some good trails that would aid me in that. Yeah. Driving to them, or finding them. Yeah. Or worrying that once I get to a trail that I like, there will already be a car or a few cars in the parking area. Yeah. And then I think to myself, oh, this isn't going to be alone time because there are other people here. Yeah. That saps all my energy away, just thinking about that. Yep. Which means that I am operating (laughs) at a deficit of energy to begin with. Yeah. Like most of the time, that's not a deterrent to me going out and, and getting that alone time and making sure that I am engaging in self-care in that way. So if it wasn't already obvious, <laughs> like I can't bring myself to do that just because of like the fear of disappointment, you know, or the fear like, yeah, but I very much need those moments where I feel truly alone and that yeah. I'm not going to be bothered by anybody and that I'm not going to be in anybody's way. And I think I need to just get on top of that. Like that's probably step one. Yeah. And then step two is, okay, cultivate a different environment for yourself. Cultivate a different experience day to day, which I already try to do, but it's like, like even if I have a very productive day, I don't know that I'm always receptive to how rewarding it should feel. Yeah. And not being able to feel the reward of to be cliche, a job well done. Yeah. Or something like that. You know, like, I don't know what that is. But there's something in the way of it. And the best thing that I can come up with is, well, who was that job well done for? Yeah. Or like, what purpose did that have? Or what greater good did that serve? But I mean, it, it kind of forces that, like, interesting point too where it's possible to get your head around something like that in a mindfulness sense but it doesn't change your circumstances or your prospects or anything like that really in a lot of those cases like i've I've found that like today i had a productive day like cutting the whole lawn doing all that kind of stuff and like it was a very like fruitful like step by step like okay this was a good you know i put in my dues today but I think about it all and there's like that little hollow feeling at the end of like, yeah, but it didn't move me an inch. Like it was nice. I walked around in nature, this good time, but like I, yeah, I'm, I'm no closer to resolving any of this crap than I was before. The grass is just shorter. Yeah. And the only healthy alternative I can see to that conclusion is like, you know, being kind of, in the moment and and being at peace with things and recognizing the beauty and stuff. But it's harder and harder to suppress that. Like, yeah, but what the fuck? I hate that. I don't, it's like, I don't even want to say I hate it. It's like things are way better than they could be. Yeah. But it's just that like, oh God, I just don't want to like 
I don't want to tread water. I don't want to settle it. I just, I want to feel it slip into gear again and be like, all right. And it got me thinking a lot about um, like logotherapy and stuff. Like what therapy? You know, uh, the Viktor Frankl thing, logotherapy? I don't. So like long story short, it was like a humanistic perspective of like the the role of purpose plays in your mental health and sort of making that more of a, I don't know, like a recognized psychological component as opposed to just being kind of like an ethereal thing that floats around your mental health. Like, okay. And I mean, he came up with it. Like he went through the Holocaust, I believe he was in Auschwitz, and he wrote about being in, in that book, Man's Search for Meaning, he wrote about like being a psychologist in Auschwitz and just kind of, you know, helping out his fellow prisoners or just observing things or getting himself through it and realizing like the role that having an honest to God purpose can play in just helping you endure stuff. And I've realized like not to by any means equate <laughs> equate this situation with the Holocaust, but um, you know, it's just like I, I never had any appreciation for the amount that having a, a true purpose for my actions or my existence can play in absorbing some of this shit. Like it can just, yeah. it's like it takes some of the blows. So I could probably be in this same state of mind or this same state of energy. But if I had to, if I was in the middle of a tour, I wouldn't be thinking this way. If I was just like, if I felt like I was engaged with anything in the way that I had been, I've probably felt like this and I, I just never, it never, messed me up on an existential level. It would tire me out. It would make me feel whatever. I'd get depressed, but it never like, it never jammed everything up. Yeah. And I've started to really appreciate like, oh, I need that. Like I, that's not a choice. That's not a destiny. That That's like a component of my psyche that I need to make sure is always there. Yeah. It's interesting because what comes up for me is there's a difference between everything is manifesting while you are purpose oriented. There's a difference between that and the suffering won't matter once this purpose is fully realized. Mm. Because like we've talked about before, like one is very present oriented and one is very future oriented. Yeah. And pr I probably have a hard time discerning that in the moment. Like what kind of circumstantial suffering can I endure while serving a purpose? Yeah. And what kind of cir <clears throat> circumstantial suffering can I endure well believing that it's worth enduring because future me will be happier? Yeah. You know, or will have made the suffering worth it because I'm in a different place and I'm a different, I have different advantages or different successes or different status or something, you know? Yeah. This is this very common thing that we all do. We place ourselves into the future and say, like, it will be worth it because eventually I'll be a millionaire. Yeah. So there's an interesting distinction, I think, between it'll be worth it when yep. and it is worth it now because it is part of the purpose now. Yeah, like a reason to live versus a goal kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, they can be similarly aligned, but they'll manifest different ways. Sometimes I wonder if all of that even relates just to a, a desire to just reach out to like at this point, like it could be as simple as just the level of isolation, even if it's kind of psychological isolation just that's been thrust on us is like maybe it's a response to that because sometimes I'll do like little thought experiments with myself of like if I say I, I was able to wake up and be happy completely just deeply happy with my circumstances and 
entirely intrinsically motivated and just everything that I need, I can, like I'll picture myself like if I was one of those people who just went off the grid, lived in Alaska, had a cabin, no human contact, and all my day was was wake up and don't die, wake up and don't die. <laughs> um, yeah. I can see some very fulfilling elements to that. Like you chop the wood, you you trap the animal. I'd, I'd die quickly. I don't know what they do. But, <laughs> but um, I think I would always just long for that. Yeah. No matter how much of an introvert I am or how like antisocial I can be, like I would always long for that. At least knowing that there's a community there that gives a shit that I did any of that on any level. And there's parts of that that I feel now where it's like if I put myself in that completely mindful place, which I get isn't the complete meaning of mindfulness because you're supposed to probably go a little deeper and actually just go simpler, you know, but... Uh-huh if I put myself in that place where I, I am perfectly content with how that day went, it only feels like resignation. Yeah. It only feels like this is what your circumstances are now, bud. Uh-huh. So be happy with this. And if it changes, it's on someone else. Yeah. And I'm so deeply uncomfortable with the idea that I should just let go of the wheel. And I don't, I can't tell sometimes if that's healthy like if that's the little bit of fight that's there, it's like keep that very much in the foreground or if it's something that uh, is like the last thread that should be cut. I think it's a trust thing a little bit. 